You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulet talks about trials and temptations, why God lets us go through them, and how He always provides a way of escape. Good morning, everyone. If it's your first time here, welcome. And if you haven't said hello to them yet, why don't you just like extend your hand and say, Good morning. Welcome to church today. Yes. Let's go to our topic today. Our message today is entitled, The Way of Escape. And we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. What comes to mind when you hear the word escape? Vacation, yes. I love that. I was thinking of prison, but vacation, that's good. Because, <laughs> you know, prison escape, and you always see that. And sometimes, some of you probably would want to escape from your boss, right? And... What are the things that we would want to escape from? Work, toxic people, and difficult relationships probably, hopeless situations, pain, yes, uh, temptation and sin, what else? Stress and depression. There are a million things that we want to like, get out from, the seemingly impossible situations. And I wish there was just like, a snap that we can do just to get away from it all. Well, the computer on the left-hand keyboard has a little key that spells ESC. It's called an escape key. And it's the get-me-out-of-here universal cure for, if you've been working with uh, computers for a long time, you would know this. And sometimes I wish there could just be one key that we can press and just, we just you know, get away from it all. But the truth of the matter is there isn't, right? I have a friend who uh, has been battling with depression for several years now, and he told me once that, you know, I, I sleep until I feel better. Sleep for him was a way of escape. And there are times when he feels so bad that he said, you know, I just want to sleep and wish that I would never wake up again. That's how depressed he was. Eventually, he got into drugs, and after getting to know like, what he's going through, I finally understood that it was uh, not the drug that makes the addict. It's not the drug that makes the addict. It is the need to escape reality that people are addicted to. And I realized that though we may not be like abusing any substance, we can be addicted to a lot of things in this world. And our form of escape can sometimes be work, our hobby. It could be sports. It could be TV. It could be games. It could be anything. It could be a million other things. We need to escape because we want to feel comfortable. We want to get away from, from something. Now, what does the Bible have to say about this? First Corinthians Chapter 10, verse 13, just to give you a brief introduction. Corinth was the sin city of that day, rampant prostitution and immorality in Corinth. And Paul wrote his first letter to the church in Corinth. And he was warning them about Israel and how their fate ended because they grumbled, they indulged in immorality and idolatry. And then he went further on with this verse. Verse 13, he said, No temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful 
and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. The important point to remember in this verse is that in all temptations and trials that we go through, there is a way of escape that God promised us, Christians. In fact, this is just one of the three special promises that we find in this verse. First, we have to understand the context of the word temptation that was used in this verse. The first thought that usually comes to our mind when we speak of temptation is like enticement to sin, right? But in the New Testament translation of temptation, it could mean trials or tests, right? Therefore, when we apply this verse to our lives, as the Corinthians were exhorted to, the promise is not limited to just temptations as we know it, but also it encompasses the trials and the tests that befall us. So we can probably say as well that no trial has overtaken us that is not common to man, so forth and so on. Before we move further, it is important to understand the difference between temptation and trial. Do you know the difference between temptation and trial? But first, I have to ask you two questions, which are very important for you to understand, and your answers are really, really very important. Number one, does God tempt us to sin? Okay, the answer is no. In James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Trials to strengthen our faith, they come from the Lord. Temptation to sin come from the devil. If you are being tempted to sin, if you're being tempted to lust for something or for someone, or being tempted to stray away from the Lord, it's not from the Lord. Now the second question is, can Satan make you sin? Can Satan make you sin? Is the excuse the devil made me do it valid? The answer is no. If you are a Christian and you commit a sin, it is not Satan who made you sin. He can only tempt you. He can only deceive you. He can only lie to you. But he cannot make you sin. The Bible is very clear that we are responsible for the actions that we take. And we cannot pass the blame on to someone else. Eve tried to blame the serpent for deceiving her, but that was not a valid excuse. And she was not off the hook because of that. Remember, temptations begin in the mind. And every time we are tempted, we always have a choice to give in or to resist. For example, if a pop-up on your computer comes out and says, meet sexy young ladies, you'd know it lead to a porn site, right? But before you hit the continue button, you ha actually have a choice to press the X or go to like Facebook or someplace else where you, know, you will be diverted from that, that desire. So if you press that button, it's not the devil who made you press that button. It's you who pressed that button. But the devil lied to you, deceived you, making you think that it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. See? Each person is tempted 
when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Remember, trials strengthen our faith. They come from the Lord. Temptation to sin comes from Satan. We sin because we are sinners. We are infected with it. Does this mean there's no hope? Definitely not. We've heard it over and over again. Jesus, what he did on the cross, reconciled us with God. And when God looks at us, he doesn't see the sin in us, but he sees the righteousness of Christ in us. Our verse today gives us three promises. And you have to remember, this is just one verse with three beautiful promises. The first promise, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. There is the assurance that we are not unique. In what sense? That everything that we go through, the trials, the temptations that we go through, are common to man. You're not so special that God will give you something that no one else will experience. You cannot say, Joe, no one has ever been tempted like I was tempted. No one has gone through what I'm going through right now. No one understands how I feel. It doesn't work that way. Our trials are not greater than those other Christians who have had to face them. King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, he says, What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Simply means we will not have to endure anything that is not common to the human experience. But we are assured that we will not have to endure, right? The second promise is this. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Remember this promise when you are being tempted. Remember this promise when you're going through something difficult in your life. God will never allow us to be tempted or tried or tested beyond our ability. You will never be swept away by like an overpowering temptation or, or I was just a victim of circumstance. I was not able to do anything about it. I cannot control it. We can never say I could not resist because God will not give you something beyond your capacity to say no, beyond your ability. The temptation and the trial will never be too heavy regardless of the time or the pressure because God in his sovereign will will put a bound to the tests that he will allow you to go through or the temptation that he will allow Satan to pass on through you. The third promise is, with a temptation, he will provide the way of escape so that you may be able to endure the temptation or the trial. The third promise is the guarantee of escape. You know, sometimes even after praying fervently, asking God for something, God in his sovereign wisdom still allows you to endure that temptation or to endure that pain. You know why? Because he will give you the grace to endure that. Remember that. So there's really no excuse. 
if we fall into temptation and give into it, it's not because the Lord did not give us the strength to overcome. It means we have ignored the Lord's guidance and the strength and the grace that is available to us when we, we are being tempted. The bottom line is we always have a choice. Remember that. In the middle of our temptation, we always have a choice to resist or to give in to temptation. In any trial that we go through, we always have a choice to give up and say, I cannot do this anymore. I can't help it. This is just how I am. There's nothing I can do about it. Or exercise faith and trust and believe in God that he will make a difference in our lives. There are things that happen in our lives that sometimes we cannot explain. We cannot understand. What happened yesterday, what happened tomorrow, we may never understand them. But eventually, God will reveal to you why you went through everything that you did. Because there is a reason and a purpose for everything that God allows us to go through. In Isaiah 66, 9, it says, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. This is saying that God sometimes allows pain to go through, us, allows us to go through pain and temptation. But remember, he makes a way for us to escape and to endure that trial. The trial and the temptations that we face can sometimes be used by God. First, to strengthen us, to guide us, to draw us closer to himself and to make us better Christians. Your test will be God's testimony in your life. The reason why you're going through that is because God will use that as a testimony to others so that in the end, his name will be glorified because what he has done in and through your life. You know, Paul wrote a second letter to the Corinthians. He was sharing to them his struggles and the troubles he was going through when he was in Asia. And he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 to 9, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. Paul said we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Can you imagine Paul saying, we despaired of life itself. This was so difficult. And he said, indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. What Paul was going through was probably so unimaginable that he felt like God sentenced him to death. And this is what he shared to the church in Corinth. But Paul understood why God allowed him to experience that. In the last verse, he said, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Isn't that beautiful? The reason why God allows you to go through trials and temptations and difficulties and problems in your life so that you will learn to rely on God more than yourself, your friends, or what the material world has to offer us. And that is what the message is all about. The reason why we are going through trials and temptations in our lives is because God is exposing our hearts and testing our faith. 
And what is faith? You know, faith is not about your ability. It's about your response to God's ability, the strength and God's sovereign power to make something happen in your life that will glorify Him and will change your life forever. God will provide a way of escape. But sometimes the way to escape can be difficult. Imagine if you were in a burning building and you were in the second story and your only way of escape is to jump off from the balcony, you would, but it would be painful. Escape could sometimes be painful. It's not always easy. Sometimes escape means giving up on a sinful relationship. Sometimes escape means sacrificing your misery for someone else's happiness. Escape, even if God provides it, may not always be easy. Escape could sometimes mean running to someone for help. If you're lost in the forest for three days and you're so hungry and you saw a scout station, you would run to that station and ask for help. God sometimes brings people to our lives to inspire us and to encourage us. But we should be in a position of humility so that we can receive correction, we can be rebuked, and we can be trained to be righteous. And that is very important. Escape could also mean denying yourself of pleasure. Imagining you're on a, on a luxury cruise and the captain said, abandon ship. You would abandon ship and jump into a cramped lifeboat because you want to save your life. And sometimes, escape could mean denying yourself of the pleasures the world has to offer. Sometimes it means giving up an addiction on something. All of us are addicted to something. Escape may mean something giving up uh, your job or sacrificing a high-paying salary so you can be a blessing to other people, so you can serve God by serving other people, so that you would not rely entirely on what the world has to offer, but on what God has to offer. Remember, when you face great opportunities, they're always disguised as impossible situations. The situation you're in right now that might seem impossible, that is actually an opportunity. An opportunity for us to trust God and to have His way in our lives. As we go back to God's Word today, God allows us to experience trials and temptations to reveal how much faith we have in Him or how little faith we have in Him. The question is, in the middle of the storm that you're going through, will you trust God? Will we trust Him in the middle of the raging storms and the seas that we're going through? Or will we conclude that the reason why I'm suffering is because God doesn't love me, because I'm a sinner. I've done so many things in the past that's not really good, and I'm not proud of it. Are we going to rest in fact or rest in faith? You know, fact is, I'm sick. Faith is saying, there is healing in the name of Jesus. Fact is, I'm broke. I don't have any money. Faith is saying, God will provide. Fact is saying, I'm lost. Faith is saying, God will find a way. God will lead me to the way. Fact is saying, I'm trapped. Faith is saying, I'll show you the way. 
fact says it's impossible. I can never ever get out of this. Faith means with God, everything is possible. You know, faith and doubt cannot coexist together in one mind at one time. One has to dispel the other. We will always be left with a choice between faith and doubt. You can either leave it to God or leave God out of it. We're all prisoners of something. All of us are bound and chained by some sin or some struggle in our life. Maybe someone here is bound by a curse that is spoken to you in the past by someone, someone you love. Someone here could probably have unforgiveness in her heart. Some of you might have been hurt by some other people and you find it difficult to let go of that feeling of pain. Some of us have lingering sickness. There are people here who are uncertain of the future. There are others who are waiting for their visa to be approved. Some are losing someone they love and they can't do anything about it. Fear of losing a job. Do you believe that God will be faithful and He will provide a way, a way of escape by His grace so that you can endure whatever you're going through in your life so that He can fulfill the purpose that He has for you? We will all go through the storm at one point in our lives and we will have stories to tell. But our ending will always depend on your answer to this question. Will you trust God? Father God, we thank you. For you are faithful, Lord. That you will not bring us to any temptation or trial that is not common to any man. And because of your faithfulness, you will not put us into anything beyond our ability. And even if you put us to temptation or trial, you will provide a way of escape so we can endure it. Lord, we come to you today. We ask for your forgiveness for the many times that we have doubted you, for the many times that we have relied on our own strength, on our own understanding when we looked up to the world and what it has to offer rather than leaning on to you. Lord, we thank you that you have opened our eyes today. That we can run to you. Lord, thank you for this privilege of being your sons and daughters. Father God, I would like to make the decision today to trust you with my life, to trust you with my family, to trust you with all that I'm going through. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for the victory that we have in Jesus.
we surrender, Lord. We give you all the praise and the glory. Lord, we open our heart. Have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at encanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.